put on for my soldiers, dog. They had to square me in. Young, humble motherfucker, but my hustle arrogant. Got it all off the muscle like I'm Devil's Harrier. Make this trap great again. I'm a proud American. I'm a proud American. I'm a proud American. Boy, salute me when you see me. I'm a proud American. I'm a proud American. I'm a proud American. No surrender, no retreat. Welcome back to life, liberty, and real talk. I'm your host, Luke, and today uh, we got a good show from you. We are going to actually switch it up a little bit and talk about country music. I got a nice guest today. He has a podcast called Hippies and Cowboys Podcast, talking about all your non-mainstream country, the real, true country that is still left here in America. His name is Michael Hart. Mike, how you doing today? What's up, Luke? I'm honored to be on your uh, your podcast here. Um, I'm doing good. I'm a little hungover from darts last night. And I <laughs> continued our drinking. Um, but, uh, yeah, so as you were saying, I'm the host of Hippies and Cowboys podcast, uh, number one country music podcast. If uh, Keegers and Ferg happen to be listening, uh, they are our podcast rivals. So um, they they went and named their show the number one podcast show. So now I have to plug that ours is in fact number one every time we get the chance. But uh, our show's uh, it, it's a niche. We take the niche genre side of the country music world with like um, kind of the artists that most people don't know about, but we feel should. So the the more common people and that that we talk about or like at the top of of our genre would be like Tyler Childers or. Um, Sturgill Simpson, Coulter Wall, um, those kind of names. And then there, it goes down to really small artists, artists with, with only a couple hundred followers, but are I feel just as good. So we kind of give them a platform and a push and share their music to, to our followers, and that's what we're about. Um, a lot of people call it Americana. Some people call it Red Dirt, um, a mix of both, Texas Country, um, but I just like to call it good music or country music, and um, we also don't like w- most of what Nashville puts out on the mainstream, which is kind of how it started. It's like, fuck yeah. you, Nashville. But No, I, I'm in your same school of thought on that, but I, uh, in, in talking to you here in the last couple of days, our, our two worlds have kind of collided. Um, yeah. Politics has kind of snuck its way into the Americana or Red Dirt scene and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Just, you know, something fresh, something new. Don't have to bore you with my monotonous cancel culture and war on masculinity speech. Although it is intertwined. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, today I'm going to get off my soapbox and just chat with Mike about how politics have kind of interwoven in this new genre and resurgence of real country here. So why don't you start us off and talk a little bit about some of the things you've been noticing in the industry. Yeah, so, I mean, politics and country music has always been super interesting. Like, uh, the mainstream side, a lot of people think of country music as, uh, like, the Confederate flag flying, like, rebel, uh, conservative, Republican kind of ideals behind it. And, I mean, a lot of the songs, especially from the early 2000s, like, I mean... um, a lot of patriotism, and then um, there, there's definitely references to, you know, like the Second Amendment, and like so. There's this idea that country music is is highly conservative, and uh, that's 
still decently the case, especially in the mainstream. That's what they like to push. Um, but in, in our genre, especially in, in Americana, um, there it, it's it's pretty liberal, really. And Nashville is actually a pretty liberal city, um, especially East Nashville, which is where a lot of the journalists come from. And um, yeah, so it, it start it's it's getting tense, I guess. Um, on both sides of things. I mean, remember, remember back with the, with the Dixie Chicks when? <laughs> I mean, they canceled. Talk about cancel culture. Like they tried to cancel Republicans. Try to cancel the Dixie Chicks <laughs> for being liberal. Remember I that rem- shit? I remember that. And I, I guess I can't even call them the Dixie Chicks now. They're just the Chicks because they canceled the Dixie. But <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking real. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember that. So I guess the Chicks um, when when they got canceled for being liberal, but. Um, I guess now in, in our side of the things, I mean, this is actually refreshing because we don't talk about politics on our show, and we tell that to all of our guests. Like, we have all these artists come on, and, like, the last one we had, Brent Cobb. If you know Brent Cobb, he sings a song called Soapbox, and now it's stuck in my head that now that Luke said that word. But, um, so, fuck, where is that going? Um, Brent Cobb and his soapbox. Brent Cobb and, and soapbox. Oh, we tell the artists. <laughs> We tell the, we tell the artists uh, that we don't talk politics, and most of them are like, "Oh, thank God," and some of them are like, "Well, their their music might be political," and it's like inherently we're going to talk about politics, but we keep it to a minimum. So here I'm going to do some ranting and kind of get everything off my chest from what <laughs> I've do. been experiencing. Please do, because you don't use your platform for this, so use mine. Exactly. That's why I'm glad to be here. So I guess what's happening right now, the big story is. There's these journalists, Marissa Moss, and um, her her like whole gang of people. It's a fucking gang, a mob of journalists. And Marissa, if you're listening to this, she's not. Go ahead and cancel me. I don't care. <clears throat> yeah, Marissa, if you're listening to this, um, I'm the host on Keegers and Ferg, so I'll cancel that. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so they pretty much they they look and pick apart artists for anything that they could possibly find offensive, like. The biggest when I first discovered Marissa, it was uh, Sturgill Simpson, who is liberal. He gave a speech and like gave praise to Sean King, who says many things that I disagree with. But basically, he's like Sean King went to his high school in Kentucky and is like, look at he's using his platform to speak out for minorities. Like that's really cool. And in his in his in Sturgill doing this. He talked about how Sean King was very well-spoken and articulate. And then Marissa puts out this huge article for Rolling Fucking Stone and says, oh, how dare he um, call him? It's, it's so uh, offensive that he would call a black man articulate. That assumes that black people aren't articulate. So the fact that he had to say that is, is racist. And it's like, dude, this dude just like took time out of his concert that was like at the grand old opry to give praise to this guy and what he's done for the black lives matter movement and you're going to put out an article and rolling stone calling him racist because he called the guy articulate like her thinking that that thought process to me is is racist that that came in her mind but it's just like the little things and it's been and ever since she's just picked these journalists they pick out little things from artists and they they don't give a shit about the music at all i don't think they even like the music they just look for things to be mad about and i am sick of it and and it's it's really toxic in the community right now but i don't know have you seen any of that i 
I've, I actually saw that article that you're talking about, um, yeah. but I haven't noticed much other. I, d- I don't read the Rolling Stone very often, if I'm being honest. Yeah, me neither. But um, you talk to the vast majority of the artists in that industry, in right. that genre. What are kind of – have you talked to any of them about their opinions on stuff like that? And yeah. Are, is there kind of like – a consensus regardless of the political side that the artist is on do they just all hate it and think it's wrong and think they should focus on the music do some of them like it obviously the ones that haven't been called out but um like what are what are the, some of their thoughts on it yeah so that's a great question and yes it does come up with artists we don't push it to come up because we don't know that their feelings on it we have our own feelings on it and i get the the, the vibe that most people do agree um, and, uh, but usually when we bring up the political thing, like, Hey, we don't talk politics, then sometimes the artists like will play a song in the middle. So we'll like get to chat for a few minutes and, uh, off the air. And that's what they'll bring it back up and, and talk about, um, kind of their disagreements with how these journalists function and how a lot of the artists in the industry function, you know, the Jason Isbell's of the world, if you know, Jason Isbell. Uh, if you know the song Cover Me Up that Morgan Wallen covered, um, that would be a, a good place to start with, with Jason Isbell's music. But he's very verbally um, a- attacking on social media about politics. Uh, he's liberal, and he wants everybody to know it. And if you disagree with him, you are wrong, and he shoves it down your throat constantly. And and a lot of the artists fucking hate that. And, <laughs> and like, that's that Brent Cobb's new album, uh, Keep Him On Their Toes, it's all about kind of, like, Get off your soapbox. Shut up and sing. Like his his whole whole album is just like this is not helpful to anybody to be like fuck you if you disagree with, disagree with me. And there's a whole mob of these artists that are like that, and um, a lot of these artists disagree. So uh, a few artists have have expressed their dismay with it. Uh, Zephaniah Ohora was was a really a really good one that we talked for like three hours after the show about about the politics in the industry. Um, but yeah, they, for, for the most part, I think they're on the same page, but then some artists are not that we have on and the, the really liberal ones, um, they, they agree, they, they agree with the Marissa Mosses. They agree with the Jason Isbels. If you disagree with them, you're wrong. And that you have to tread very lightly when you have a guest like that on. Um, and it's, it's scary to, to have them on and it's scary knowing that they're following you and your every move because you see what they do to some of these other people that disagree with them and or they disagree with and and they attack them and they have the liberal mentality where if you have different opinions than them you are a misogynist you're a racist um you're a homophobe, like, just automatically, if you would disagree with anything that they say. Oh, that so, happened to me. Uh, on yeah. one of my past episodes, I think it was episode three, maybe, we were talking about um, your identity and kind of – I had um, one of my old Young Life kids, a uh, black kid named Quincy, on, the sh- on that show, and we were talking about just how – detrimental it is for the black community to just constantly hear every day that they're oppressed that they're mm-hmm. lower on the totem pole than everybody else and i didn't even say oh i think it's true i think it's not true we were simply just talking about how detrimental it is for the news to just be constantly running that right. all day every day and i got 
slandered for it by <laughs> quite a few people, including a group of women that I went to high school with who have disliked me ever since uh, 2016. But what was funny and what I go back to like on cancel culture itself is in them – it was all over their social media too. One of them went on like a 15 minute Snapchat rant about why I was a racist, even though I was talking with a black kid on the show. And we, I mean, we agreed on some stuff, disagreed on some stuff, but we were having a very good discussion and a discussion that frankly needed to happen Mm -hmm. and needs to happen in all society. But she roasted me for like 10 minutes on her snap story. And my view count all of a sudden goes, bloop, 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 bloop. (laughs) <laughs> and more and more people on her Snapchat start tuning in. <laughs> so, I mean, cancel me all you want because all it does is give me more views. But it's just – it's ridiculous in my mind, and this plays on my last episode on cancel culture as well, but just the fact that no matter what you do 10 years ago, now, whatever, if you say something 10 years ago that – isn't socially acceptable today right but was Damn. 10 years ago right and you get canceled for it today that could end your career right and i mean i'm sure that's something that you're worrying about not necessarily the 10 years ago thing but uh-huh. like treading lightly and talking to these various artists because that marissa gal and her um yeah and I, I feel bad i'm, I'm cronies I'm calling her out but there there are many others that that deserve to be called out too it's just the first name that came to mind and she's kind of the, the ringleader but yeah but i mean you in you're starting to pick up enough momentum with this that it, it could potentially become a career for you right in the near future mm-hmm. and like you're gonna have to be treading so lightly and find that line that balance between the different various political views of your artists that you're talking to. And some of them are going to want to use your platform to spew politics. Some of them are going to be glad that you don't talk about it. I guess, how are you kind of treading that line carefully and trying to not upset anybody? Um, I guess our, our number one uh, way of doing that is, is in that line, Hey, we don't talk politics on our show. Um, but you definitely have to, I mean, with any guests you have on, you're going to do research, um, not just into their music, but into what they're putting out on social media. A, it's going to give you some talking points, and B, you're going to know, if, hey, how lightly do I need to tread here? Um, because you'll know pretty quick from looking through their social media <laughs> what, <laughs> uh, if, if they're the, the ones that are shoving stuff down, down your throat all the time that you really have to watch out for. You'll know right away looking through their Twitter and so we have a pretty good gauge to start with, but it's pretty terrifying when you get a guest like that on because if if they try to cancel you in our industry, you know, it's not like we we're talking about Chick Fil A before this, where you know, for what every one person that uh, says I'm not shopping, I, I'm not going to Chick Fil A anymore because they're against gays. For every one person that does that and then they make a big post about it on Facebook, well, there's probably a few people that see that post and see the Chick-fil-A logo and like, okay, I'm kind of hungry for chicken now. <laughs> like, it doesn't work like that. I need that. to go get some Chick-fil-A sauce. Right. So, like, probably doesn't hurt them too bad to have that one person rant about it because they're going to – that's free advertising. But for us, yeah, you can get free advertising and listeners. If somebody goes on and, and is like, fuck these guys, cancel these guys, like, yeah, we'll, we'll get some listens out of it, I'm sure. But – it's really harmful, and you'll never book these 
the, some of these guests because they're like especially female guests it's hard enough for us as two male co-hosts to book female guests already you know and we have and it's something we caught heat for in the beginning of our show is like you guys don't have enough female guests what's up with that and it's like it's not because we're not trying it's they're not coming on they're hesitant and and you have to build kind of a reputation when you're starting a podcast of credibility and trust and um if a girl you're trying to get a girl on they look through and there's not any other girls on there or few girls on there well then that might be a red flag so then it's kind of hard to to get that start like okay it's safe for you to come on um so but it, we we definitely got shit for not having enough girls guests on and it's really just we had to build our credibility first for some of the some of these artists but um I guess if if they start canceling us, yeah, we're we're not going to get the girls. We're not going to get the any any of these liberal artists that that I love the music. You know, I I can disagree with Jason Isbell's politics all I want, and I think that's fine. But I'm never going to stop listening to him because I think he's the greatest songwriter. And that's that's one thing that I think on the conservative side of our industry, a lot of people are like most people. Um, like, yeah, I disagree with his music or his politics, but I love his music, and that's not going to change. You know. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to stop listening to one of my favorite artists because I disagree with them politically. I think that's stupid, narrow-minded, and a lot. Of, some people do do that. Tyler Childers came out with something, Black Lives Matter, and people are like, "Fuck him." It's like, really? Like he was your like number one listener on Spotify, and now you're saying fuck him because he said something political? Like, I think that's arrogant. That's stupid. But you know, you're going to miss out on some good music. But I, I, it's definitely something to fear for us if if they came after us for for something like that. And, and it's really, you don't have to say anything too bad. Like, all you have to say, if, if I came out on, on social media and I was like, I'm a conservative. You know, I'm not even a Republican, but I'm a conservative. Uh, or I disagree with some of these liberal values. Um, the, these people, they're fucking pests, man. They'll, they'll slap these sexist and racist and homophobic things on, on you just automatically because you disagree with them and it's fucking insane and it's something that we fear every day and there, we do have a nice community in the country music scene of conservatives that we have like a safe place where we just kind of chat and and talk about this like how you know like saving country music Kyle Cronios he's he's hitting it he's getting hit hard right now and he didn't really do anything but they're trying to cancel him and and so like something like this happens and we can talk about it be like how do we avoid this happening to us so we do have kind of a, a nice community of of dudes that uh we can we can talk about this with and stay safe together kind of thing. <laughs> stay safe from the liberals yeah <laughs> now you mentioned something a little before uh like couple minutes ago that I think would be good to hit on because not only do we talk politics on the show but also personal professional development business type stuff so when you started you started out just with a Twitter account that was you know just for fun and you wanted to bring light to this form of country music that you and I consider real country Mm -hmm. but that most people in the mainstream don't really know about right started to take hold you kind of took off you amassed a pretty large following started a podcast that started going really well for you now um you have your own llc and you guys are doing stuff talk a little bit more about like the business side of things where you see yourself going how you kind of decided to go this route and that type of stuff 
Yeah, that's awesome. And, and a, a really cool kind of development. And like, we're still figuring shit out on the business side of things. Like, how do we want this to work? How do we want to monetize it? Um, but yeah, like you said, it started with my Twitter account. It blew up. It has like, you know, 16,000 followers just about now. Um, which is good for real country out. revival in pop country. Twitter. It's it's currently it's currently suspended, um, <laughs> and they they won't tell me why. It, maybe maybe I did something. I don't know. I have a, a theory in the back of my mind that maybe I I liked something political and somebody reported me, and I I don't know. I have no idea why it's suspended, but hopefully it comes back soon. But um, basically, I had an account like that. And my co-host is in Canada. He had a similar account, and. Um, Somebody, one of our mutual followers, was like, "Hey, you guys should start a podcast." And I was like, "I don't know, Dick, about podcasts, but sure, let's let's do it." <laughs> and uh, we started this podcast a year ago, Monday. So, really, congrats yeah. on the one year. Thank you. It's really really cool one one year anniversary show. We had a bunch of guests come in and, and play us some songs. And Park McCollum was was our headliner. Um, but, anyways, it, it, it kind of like I said, we you had to build credibility. Uh, getting the first guest was big Blake Berglund he came on the anniversary show Canadian dude small artist but good guy and um, once you start building the credibility I think the turning point for us was we had Vincent Neil Emerson on and he is under the same management uh, as Coulter Wall same record label too so then people see you know we can when you send out a feeder uh, a feeler email to see, try to get somebody on um, you can send them who you've had on, and if they see a familiar name, well, they're more likely to come on. So building that traction, and then um, we had the fan base kind of to start, which was nice. Like, a lot of people liked us just from Twitter. So we had a good base of listeners to start, and and um, but over the year, our products got better, our and uh, our guests have got better, and um, just quality has gotten better, and, and uh, our, our views are up pretty high, but... Um, we're kind of thinking now, it's like, well, what, what else do we want to do with this? We probably want it to be more than a podcast. Nothing against podcasts, Luke, but, um, I mean, we still want to do the podcast, but, um, we want to make videos, do video sessions. We went down to Lexington, shot some videos, um, and, uh, we got merchandise. We hired a graphic designer for our logos and, and things to go on, on merch, um, and, and now it's like, well, this all this stuff costs money. How do we monetize it? Merch helps. Um, we started a Patreon. Um, if you guys end up looking up my podcast and liking it, you can subscri- subscribe to our Patreon. We throw on those all those rants in the middle there that I was talking about where it's technically off air. We throw those on Patreon. It's um, practically an OnlyFans yeah. for, a, for a business. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it's our little OnlyFans. <laughs> um, you Don't know. worry, you won't see nude photos of Mike uh, unless... You Unless know, you ask for it, you ask and for them, and they yeah. could, they'll cost you though. That's only the twenty dollar tier that, that, gets, <laughs> that gets those. But I got some pretty high quality, high quality ones out there. So don't be don't be shy to ask. Um, but yeah, we're we're trying to raise these funds now, and and uh, I guess sponsors are a big one. But sponsors are a bitch to land. So we hired uh, a few interns. It's like, well, we don't have the money to, to pay interns. I'm a teacher. And my co-host. Uh, plows snow in Canada because I think that's what everybody in Canada does. Well, luckily in Canada you can do that more year round than you can here. Right, <laughs> right. But so um, uh, we, well, we can't pay our interns, so we, we came up with this pretty good model where it's like, okay, just take three people that like our show, know what we're about, um, and 
we just put out a, a feeler. We're like, hey, we, we want to hire interns. Um, and, and we got, like, resumes, full resumes sent to us and shit, like <laughs> 50, 60 of them. But we just picked out a few that we liked. And we can't pay you, but if you book us, say, a $1,000 sponsorship for four weeks, we'll give you $100 of it. So that's kind of some incentive for for them to find sponsors because they're going to get some cash out of it. Then eventually, you know, we can start paying them more. But um, for now, that's kind of where, where we're at. And it's like they want to do it because they want to help us because they like our product and they like what we're, what we're about. So they just want to be a part of it. So it's like, great, you can help us in this way, and we can pay a little bit out of it depending on how much you get us for sponsors. So it works out kind of kind of nice. Um, nobody's really gone out and, like, tried to get us, like, a dildo sponsorship or KY jellies, you know, so they've kept it pretty reasonable with like Western wear and apparel and stuff like that. So <laughs> I'm grateful for, for that. I, I was just waiting for like, I'm going to go out and find you uh, a dildo sponsorship next week. Fucking do it, dude. I think that'd be <laughs> hilarious. You know, like one of our sponsors was twisted bitch cattle company. And I just wanted to say that on air. Like it's a fun one to say on air and they're, they're a, they're a cattle company, but they have like Western wear and stuff and they, they came out with a condom line, too. It's called the Naughty Bitch um, <laughs> condoms with, with their logo on it. So the the second time that they sponsored us, it was right when that condom thing came out. So I was like, fuck yeah, I'm putting this in the show. So Well, next week I'm going to be on the phone with adamandeve.com and there try and get you guys some various uh, intimate sponsors. Yeah, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. So <laughs> the world's our moisture on that mm. one. Um but, yeah, so that, I guess that's kind of where we're at on the business side of things. Um, we want to get into, like, concert, like, uh, hosting concerts and festivals, which obviously takes uh, some startup money to do. But it would be super cool. We have all these connections with guests, and it's like, well, what, what kind of shit can we create? How can we get new ears to these people? Um, and how can we have fun with it? Um, making making art with with the, the people that we like to listen to, you know. Like I think it's just super cool that I get to talk to these guys, like and girls, my favorite artists. Like that's neat, um, but we can do a lot more. So we're kind of figuring out what all can we do with this backing that we have, and and the platform and the connections. Like I don't know. There's there's a lot of opportunities. Um, like I said, the world is our moisture. <laughs> so when you were first starting your original Twitter account, End Pop Country, mm-hmm. for the people out there who are maybe, you know, trying to become social media influencers mm-hmm. for whatever reason, was that your goal going into it? How did you start kind of attempting to amass a following? Did it just kind of happen randomly was that the plan all along tell me a little bit more about that so the my twitter handle has not changed it it was it started with end pop country because i was just i when i discovered this world of country music that we talked about not many people know about i was like this is fucking an outrage you know like how how do how is the, this being like the product that's on the radio how is that what everybody's getting fed and all this good music's out there like i was pissed so i made the account 
to make fun of mainstream country and pop country. And basically, it was, that was my handle, and it said uh, my my name was Is This Country Music with a question mark? And then I'd go to, like, Thomas Rhett's posts and be like, no. Like, you find their videos, and i just comment no. And, like, people thought that was pretty funny. And I started getting followers just off of that, like, stupid shit and making, like, dumb little memes, uh, making fun of pop country. And I think once I got a couple hundred followers off of that, um, I was like, well, this really isn't doing much to help the actual artists that I like. So then I kind of slowly started to switch into uh, more promoting of the artists that I like. And that, that tit, you know, it does a lot more for the artists and people like it better. You know, you like to see happy stuff on your, on your news feed and discover and learn new things. So once I started doing that, then I really started to, to get following, uh, get a following, um, posting videos and, and more positive stuff. And, um, there's a saying out there, I don't know what it is where, um, yeah, it, you get more, you get farther from, from posting the good stuff versus the hate. And, and I still post the hate, you know, like it's still <laughs> funny. Like I'll put it out, but it's maybe one out of every, I don't know, 40 tweets versus most of them. And, and then I, I'll still get people that are like, you bitch too much. I'm not following you anymore. And it's like, great. See ya. Like now I only have 15,900 and, 41 followers like fuck you like so yeah <laughs> um but uh i guess yeah i think the more love versus hate is kind of how 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 it built and and a lot of content good yeah. content and it's it's something where yeah you go through phases of I, I like to put you know you can put a bunch out this week and have a bunch of engagements and then like one week you're not feeling it and it's less and like that's fine you might lose a couple followers if you're not posting it like a bunch daily but um definitely goes through waves and you just have to roll with it i think and and uh yeah when you're feeling when you're feeling good you're feeling creative you can come up with some witty things and just pump out the content and get a bunch of followers and but i think yeah constant management of it is, is big and constantly putting stuff out and engaging you know and in the followers um yeah so your whole goal with this whole kind of thing you're pushing is to bring light on this genre of country that's not mainstream. Right. And you've been doing it for a while now. I guess where do you see it going in terms of just telling more people about this genre and industry? Because, I mean, I know when I share this music with my friends they're like oh i've never heard these guys before they're right. awesome like wow that's more more of your country from back in the day and, and they're bringing it back but they're our age and there's just a resurgence of it and then they're texting me every day what's five more artists i can listen to what's five more artists uh -huh. i can listen to and i'm just rattling them off on my phone so that yeah. obviously works but like right with your platform how do you see it going in the future to try and bring more light onto the industry so all the all the ways I've said um, the the videos, concerts, festivals, in addition to the podcast are are good. I find a lot of music on YouTube, so I think videos are are helpful. But um, I guess my goal with it would be the reason why I started that first account was because I was pissed off on what's on the mainstream country. So I would love to see these artists being represented in the mainstream, whether it's the CMAs or on the mainstream radio, like some recognition to these artists 
that, in my opinion, are far superior artists to what is being put out on Well, a lot of these mainstream. artists actually write the songs for the mainstream. Yeah. Brent Cobb, <laughs> uh, his name's come up a lot. He writes a, a lot of Luke Bryan's shit and, like, a lot of Little Big Town shit. Like, um, yeah, That's they another thing. Yeah, the, the, the mainstream artists, they don't write their own fucking songs. And if they do, they're in a room of ten people. It's like, what do you do outside of fucking twerk on stage? Like, <laughs> So what I want to see is I want these artists being represented on the mainstream. And I, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I'd love in a fantasy world to be like, all right, get the Thomas Rhett's and the Florida Georgia Rhodes and the Dan and Shays out of the fucking mainstream and put in the Tyler Childers and the Jesse Daniels and, and the Culture Walls. But... Um, and I think a more reasonable alternative would to have like what Texas radio currently does is they have like the mainstream radio station and they also have a radio stations that will play the Texas country, the real stuff. And I think a, a nationwide um, model of that where there's a second option of listening because right now there's no second option. It's they you get what Nashville wants you to get, and what they want you to get is people singing about how country they are not it's not country music it's just they need to tell you how country they are to prove that they're country and and it's it's a it's a bad model and and what we need is a, a, an option we need an option where you can turn on the radio and and see what else is out there on on the mainstream because that's i don't know how long radio will last with streaming platforms coming up like spotify and i think spotify is a great way for artists to or people to discover artists um but the mainstream clearly has a big impact um, on our culture and, and what people do. So I, I would like to see a second option um, um, for for people. Also, Spotify kind of fucking sucks because they don't pay artists dick. But they they are a good way of discovering new people, I guess. Yeah, I have a love-hate relationship with Spotify because I love it as a consumer because right. I'm able to you know look up any song at any given time and listen to it for one low flat rate but at the same time I mean, you're right it doesn't they don't pay the artists hardly anything and they're not making what they used to make off their records or their albums and with people not being able to tour right now they're not making any money off that either right so yeah but no i do i mean that's how i discovered this genre apart from you even though we were friends when i did discover it just right. spotify yeah so it's good at you know you, you discover one artist you listen to him a bunch and then it'll feed you somebody similar so I think that's very helpful um, but yeah they don't pay they don't pay dick but it's, it's, and basically that's what the CEO says he's like well a lot of people are discovering you because of us and that's true but it's like yeah what where where are artists supposed to make their money right now especially the little guys and not even just the artists but like think of, like the, these guys have full bands like. You're not paying one person. Like, what does the drummer do? What does the bass player do right now when they're not touring? Like, fuck, I don't know. Probably have to get a new job, and there's not a lot of new jobs out there right now because the liberals shut down our economy. (laughs) 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 You had to sneak that one in there. Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate you being on today. Is there anything else you want to say as we close here? Um, I don't know. I guess, uh, if, aside from the politics, if, if you uh, are kind of in the same boat as me where you're thinking, yeah, maybe what's on the mainstream kind of does suck and it's it's pop more than country, 
like what is he talking about there's other music out there that's real like i think a lot of times when i say that um people are like whoa you it's got to sound like uh 80s uh it's got to sound like hank senior or or um you know Waylon Jennings in order for it to be country that's not true there's a lot of sounds a lot of styles out there that are true authentic and uh if if this interests you at all um go to my twitter uh at hippies cowboys and and see our past guests or just go to our podcast it's on apple spotify iHeartRadio, and and just scroll through those guests and 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 listen to them because we play their songs on our shows so um listen to what to what they they sound like and and see for yourself um i guess would be my final thoughts um well thanks mike go follow the hippies and cowboys podcast follow the twitter account at hippies cowboys follow at in pop country even though it's disbanded right now (laughs) and if you like this show go follow us on twitter instagram like us on facebook at life liberty rt Hope everybody has a very Merry Christmas, not a happy holidays, unless you don't celebrate Christmas. Then have a happy whatever holiday you celebrate. But I'm going to say Merry Christmas because (laughs) I celebrate Christmas, and I'm tired of that being offensive. And I'll leave you with that and excited to bring you some good content in the new year. I'm a proud American. I'm a proud American.